You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Web Culture here on webmasterradio.fm. It is uh, September 11th, 2014. Hard to put any emphasis on the date September 11th. Um, as Brasco noted, just before going to air, it's the 13th anniversary of the September 11th attacks on uh, New York City and Washington, D.C. And uh, yeah, it's hard to let the day go by without thinking of that beautiful blue sky in New York City and uh, how our lives were ruptured in those uh, terrible, terrible instances, in those terrible moments. Um, it's been 13 years and we are still terrified still willing to put up with uh, surveillance and shredding the Constitution along the way. Um, I don't wish to denigrate any memorial to people who lost their lives on September 11th, uh, 2001. Um, it was easily the worst day of my life. And I suspect many other people. But, you know, it's 13 years later, and you can have an intelligent conversation with somebody who was born after September 11th, 2001, and they have no idea what life was like before. They accept surveillance as the normal state of things. They accept more government repression. They accept what we have to go through at the TSA to get on an airplane and the whole concept of a Department of Homeland Security as a norm and uh, about 5,000 people in total died on September 11th people in an airplane over Pennsylvania people in the Pentagon in Washington DC 
and thousands and thousands of people in the Twin Towers in New York City and buildings around the Twin Towers. People from the New York City Fire Department, police services, people from the American Armed Forces, and brave civilians on a flight over Pennsylvania. Their deaths should never be forgotten. But nor should the promise of a better time that we believed in on September 10th, 2001. Things were great. We had a truly free society. And many of the measures that have so changed society were supposed to be temporary. The initial Patriot Act was supposed to be rescinded after five years. But it gets rubber stamped every year thereafter for renewal. And uh, I don't want to pass this date without remembering the bravery of the New York City firefighters or the people at the Pentagon or the people struggling to get out of the, out of the buildings, the two towers in New York. But we can't pass this date without remembering that a better world is possible. We were so close. And we can get back there again. And, uh, yeah, it just takes a lot of time, a lot of faith, and we got to remember the important stuff about freedom and democracy and trying to build a better and more equitable world, which has been the goal of the United States of America and the goal of Western democracy for hundreds of years. Anyway, that was a somber way to start the show. I apologize for that, but um, it's been on my mind all day long. And uh, I it's have part of my fault, Jim. I was the one that started it. Oh well, I blame indeed. Nebraska. <laughs> I blame Nebraska. Well, it's always fun to blame Nebraska. But you know, we have this bully pulpit, and I had to get that off my chest. Okay, more interest. More than that. More than that. What else was I going to say about about the date? Um, I forget what I was going to say about the date. But you know what? Facebook. Facebook is trying to make dates irrelevant. This, in fact, if you were to post this podcast at Facebook, you could legitimately say this podcast might self-destruct in one hour, three hours, 30 days, 60 days, 190 days, or never. What do you think about that, Dave? Facebook and their self-destructing uh, status updates? Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> the excitement in your voice. Oh well, I mean, I I, I think it's I, I'm not a fan of it. Um, I think it sort of separates the 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 site and and the posts and the comments and stuff from their their original intent. Um, but you know, Mary, she'd actually brought up when I was I was commenting um, commenting on it a, a good. A good point, and we'd just been chatting um, a couple days prior about Snapchat, and it was with uh, with one of our kids had had brought it up as as something that they use. Um, mm-hmm. And then when when the destructive post came up, she actually brought up to me, and I'm like, oh, okay, um, that certainly my kids um, and a lot of that generation is moving to things like Snapchat because of the temporary nature of things, um, and and their recognition that. Hey, you know, if it can happen to a celebrity, it can happen to me, <laughs> kind of thing. Like if their privacy can be violated, so can mine. Um, 
you know, and and so this may be a reaction to that. Personally, I don't like it. There are a few exceptions where I can go, okay, you know what, that would that would make sense to have, you know, this post talking about a contest, for example, expire the day the contest launches because everything you want to see about that contest shouldn't be the build up and blah blah blah. You might want to take out that there were early entry prizes and stuff and make them invisible as soon as the contest launching. Let's not distract people, you know the contest is launching or, you know, Call of Duty launched or, or whatever, you know, if, as, as a corporation. But um, I, I'm not a, a, a huge, huge fan for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do understand in the competitive space therein that you have to give these sort of options to things like the generation coming in, you know, sort of beneath mine and, and you know, the, what my kids are, are looking at um, and adding a temporary nature to things isn't necessarily bad. Um, I can actually see a, a, a pretty decent use um, for, you know, some nice automated filters on your phone um, that would just, you know, if it detects, hey, in a pub, one o'clock in the morning, you know, just automatically <laughs> a 30 minute you know, <laughs> deletion time to just, you know, everything you do right now will just disappear. Um, you know, I could actually see some some functions in here that well, that could maybe help safeguard people against their own stupidity. But there already ought to be an app for that. <laughs> We're not even letting you. We're just going to show you all the stuff you tried to text and Facebook. <laughs> you clear the ones you wanted to. Do not drunk Facebook your ex at the bar at one a.m. <laughs> just like that's. I mean, that's just common sense. And this is this weird kind of weirds me out because you know, think of your. You say that your kids they use Snapchat because um, they believe that their posts are instantly are deleted um, at a certain time after they're posted, right? Well, I think in, in more in their case is because the the generation below us is Smart. much more educated on what things are and what they aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, they recognize that they're being held by a third party still, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, as they would understand from Facebook, but. And realistically, they're probably right. That third party doesn't care. <laughs> like, you know, it, as long as you know you're not doing something illegal or something like that. If you've just got some stupid drunken image that you send out, they don't care. Um, so I, I think in that case, it's more a yeah, but it's not. Okay. I think that's more what they're looking for is what their parents would see, what their friends would see. Um, it's not what does some faceless corporation see that they probably don't care very much about. Okay, because I think that's a really important distinction to make. Because as it turns out, Snapchat doesn't actually delete those posts at all. It might suppress them and not display them anymore. But they are held on a server, and um, I don't believe that they ever get erased. <laughs> um Similarly with Facebook. I mean, just think about how Facebook works, eh? You like something, you share something. Um, it that, that something, that post, that entity weaves its way amongst your network of friends, your network of contacts, and friends of friends, and contacts of contacts. And these things are all weaved together. The um, X number of likes and X number of shares is part of Facebook's algorithm. Yeah. To delete that material... Or to not count the interaction around that material, like, doesn't that kind of um, break Facebook? Well, that's it. I mean, you you know, Facebook needs to take these things into into consideration. 
Um, I mean, heck, I would take into consideration just the fact that somebody is setting something with a, you know, expiration time um, and recognizing that, hey, and that also includes a check-in at this location, right? I mean, these things are signals of what their behavior pattern is. Um, and, you know, I mean, I'm sure all our listeners know, you and I so certainly do, that's going to be something that I can use in targeting advertising. That's just the way of it. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, Facebook needs, well, needs is a strong word, but <laughs> from their context needs to keep this data. It's not like, yeah, it goes away. It just means, you know, your parents can't see it or, you know, your friends can't see it anymore, you know, from, from the context of that generation. I can see some good functional uses of it. Uh, from, you know, our marketing angle of things in letting things um, expire once you, you know, as, you know, in the example I'd mentioned earlier, if a contest is coming up or something like that, you know, it's often irritating. And I don't know if you've ever hit it, but where I look and it's like, oh, well, if I'd entered, you know, a day earlier or or let's go with, um, you know, tickets go on sale. And I find out that, hey, if I just, you know, you look at their Facebook page and if I'd just been there, you know, Two days earlier, I would have gotten them for a hundred bucks cheaper, right? but I wasn't. Well, with this with this sort of mechanism in place, you can go okay, and we can delete everything from behind. So this, you know, Dave isn't tormented knowing he could have got it at you know whatever fifty two dollars, and now it's going to cost him eighty one dollars because you're oh, too late. Come right? on, man! You're going to wake up three weeks from now thinking, "Damn, I could have had it at fifty two. Going to bug you." <laughs> For weeks, I know exactly. You. But with something like this, I wouldn't even have to see it, right? It would just go, <laughs> and it would explode that out of there, and I That's would so need awesome. to know. So, from a marketing <laughs> standpoint, I I think it it does have some uses. So, um, I mean, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but the uh, the, 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 the the end of that argument is uh, ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I didn't know, I could have gotten it cheaper. That would be great. You know what? I, I had to renew my, my cell phone, and I actually, quote-unquote, tried to fix it, and, and so it was completely dead, um, is, is what I'm saying here. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it just the, the display was buggered, and I went down, and I, I had to renew it, had to renew it, so I, I got an S5, but I knew, and it still bugs me to this day, I knew if I'd done the same thing a month earlier, I was going to get the Samsung watch for 50 bucks. I didn't have that option now in my renewal process, so I don't have a Samsung watch. I don't know that I would ever wear the thing, but knowing that I could have had this thing and that I don't bugs me. So if they could just explode that from my brain and never have shown it to me, <laughs> you know, that, that, that would be great for me because I wouldn't even know. And I, I think in that context, we as marketers can do that. You should never... As a marketer, I never want my visitors to have any negative feeling about their interaction with my product. Um, and I think this will help alleviate that, you know, oh, I wished I had. No, you don't need to wish you had. The only thing you need to know is it's going up even higher in three days. <laughs> That's all you need to know is that the price goes up in three days, not that it was cheaper two days ago. That's a hell of a segue. We have a couple of minutes before we got to go to another break. I wanted to tackle something um, really quickly. And now, for some, this might be a huge story, but it's kind of been covered to death in the tech media. But we'd be remiss not to talk about it. iPhone 6 was released the other day. And just one more thing they had this watch that you could you know, wear on your wrist that uh, you know, makes the 
the uh, uh, heads-up display right there on your... Well, not really heads-up, but uh, the display right there on your wrist that interacts with your phone. Dude, that's like Dick Tracy stuff. Would you wear it? You know what? As Ellen DeGeneres pointed out, I mean, I think this is a great leap in technology. Just think of how long we have had to use our phones to tell the time. I mean, what a great advancement to put that ability onto our wrist. <laughs> I know, eh? I mean, you know, what, you know what's really cool about the, uh, the announcement that uh, Apple had the other day? What's that? As you just pointed out, they introduced time travel to technology. <laughs> For instance, they introduced this phone that takes us back to 2012. Because, <laughs> see, I'm carrying this Nexus around with me, eh? Which has pretty much all the same features that the iPhone 6 has on it. It's about the same size. Has uh, pretty much the same resolution, although I think mine's still a bit stronger. Um, I can do tap payments with my phone. Been able to for quite a while using Google Wallet. Um, I can ha- I can import different keyboards. I can use whatever widgets I want. Yeah, just like the new iPhone. Since I've been doing it for a couple of years now. <laughs> yeah, it's. I uh, you know what? And I uh, what is it? I, I I may get the dates slightly off here, um, but I think it's the seventeenth um, that the new OS comes out. OS eight. Um, launches and then on the 19th I believe it is um, you can actually in retail stores purchase the new iPhone um, and to me I, I think that is just great timing because what's going to happen is on the 17th everybody's going to be forced to update um, on the 17th in the evening everybody's going to realize that everything beneath um, the the iPhone 5 uh, has just been bricked um, and then uh, two days later, they'll get the opportunity to buy a new phone. So I think the timing is, is just great. Sorry, that was a little dig because I had an iPhone once, and every update they do as soon as they launch a new phone bricks everything <laughs> that's more than a generation old. Just makes it slow as, as all get up and, and, and unusable at that point. So um, that's just my little dig. I'm not – sorry, Ange. Ange over in our office here is, a, is an iPhone user, and I – constantly i'm digging out around anyway um you know good good luck to them they uh welcome to 2012 and um uh, good uh, good following samsung there and, and by the way i mean uh, don't, don't don't worry about angie's feelings as you know we don't owe her anything she owes us beers does she not <laughs> that's right if i remember and correctly she owes she beers. Us, that's right so you know sorry about those hard feelings there like Ange, but like you know I will let up you know you... what uh, what finger she has uh has substandard. Yeah, I think she's trying to say Jim's number one, but just <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> okay, and on that, uh we gotta take a break here on Webcology because we're number one, so says Edge. <laughs> <laughs> Friends, you're listening to Webcology. You know what? Before we go, we're not number one anymore. We're experiencing oh. something called the shoe money bump. Shoe Money is back on Webmaster Radio, the Shoe Money Show. And because of that, and because he promoted the Webmaster Radio um, uh, uh, mobile phone app, which apparently works on the new Apple phones. Andrew will be happy about that. Um, Because because uh, Jeremy went and promoted the, the, the Webmaster Radio app, we got like 20% more listeners. It's called okay. the shoe money effect. <laughs> so Thanks, we were Jeremy. number one. We were number one. But uh, now we're not. But anyway, um, because of shoe money, uh, we got 20% more listeners right across the network as a whole. So um, that's, that's pretty powerful. 
On that, we got to take a break here on Webcology. It is the 11th of September, 2014. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. Listen to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned. Back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, panda and penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at InternetMarketingNinjas.com. BubbleFast burst onto the e-commerce scene as a family-owned shipping supply provider back in 1999. The product line has grown, but Mark and Robin still own and operate BubbleFast as a family business. Being sellers themselves has taught them what online sellers need to safely and affordably deliver their products to their customers. BubbleFast is proud to be an active member of the community of online sellers. Mark and Robin sponsor seller meetup groups, share shipping tips and tricks through social media, and always love talking to customers and helping solve shipping challenges. Check out the website at BubbleFast.com. Sign up for the Bubble Briefs newsletter to join the Bubble Fast family. Use promo code WMR to get a 5% discount. Or call Mark and Robin at 877-599-7447. Happy shipping from Mark and Robin at Bubble Fast. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Deavis. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is Thursday, the 11th of September, 2014. Uh, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And uh, there's a bunch of directions we can go right now. Did you ever, did, did you ever use Google Hangouts? Um, I have, yeah, not as uh, maybe not as frequently as uh, many others. Certainly not as frequently as Dave Harry. But uh, yes, <laughs> I don't think anybody. I, I don't think Google uses them as much as Dave Harry does, though. So I've been using it quite a bit. Or oh, Rasco. Yeah. I've been hosting a, a webcast for uh, on college football for my alma mater for the last three weeks. We moved it from podcast to a uh, webcast from the you, last year this year. You've been doing that for like three weeks, and you didn't tell us until now. Well, because, you know, I mean, how many people are going to care about Florida Atlantic University football that are, like, around the country or around the world? Yeah, you got a point. Okay, um, moving on. <laughs> but, I mean, the Google Hangouts on air, they keep adding new things on there that's fantastic. I mean, from, you know, not being able to immediately down, you know, upload to YouTube, to the connection between YouTube and Google Plus, and 
I'm afraid that you're kind of cutting out there again, Brasco. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, um, it's, it's, it, the, it's so easy to put up. It's, I mean, the process of just doing it right now is as simple as setting up the Hangout, record, you know, it records by itself, and then it uploads to our YouTube channel automatically. It's like... Well, and, you know, and you've created... When you, when, you, when you use Hangout and it uploads to your, your YouTube channel <laughs> automatically, you've created a spiderable document. Mm-hmm. And that's a very cool innovation on Google's part. Yeah. Um, I use Hangouts fairly frequently, oh, not nearly as frequently as David Harry, and probably not nearly as frequently as, as you are, Brasco, but I love them. I really enjoy the Hangout format. It's, um, it's easy to conduct an interview in a Hangout. Um, it's a very intimate space. You feel like you're talking one-on-one, and um, let's face it, we're talking over the Internet. It's, it's, it's uh, much cheaper than long distance. Yeah. Oh, yeah, which which confuses me about something, and it's kind of this. I don't understand why they're doing this, but one of Google's features, and I go, okay, Google has become this multifaceted machine. It's like the Swiss Army knife of websites, right? Yeah. Because I mean, Google is like everything. Google Voice is. Oh, how, oh, I, 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 do you want to go back with the history lesson on Google Voice, like back to 2005 when they acquired the uh, Manhattan um, Transfer Building, which is now like Google headquarters in Lower Manhattan? That was a one. That was a wonderful acquisition. I mean, anyway, Google got involved in the in the telephone game back in 2005 when they acquired basically the Grand Trunk Station on the East Coast, the Manhattan Transfer Building. Um, they created a Google phone app that not like not like Google telephone like not, not like Google phone uh, the, the, their uh, their remote uh, remote devices their cell devices but um, Google phone was a desktop app where you could make a basically a phone call much like a Skype call or um, a VOIP call again this is back in 2005 things were uh, things were barely past the caveman era back then. <laughs> we, we 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 still remembered dial up back in 2005 it's kind of like remembering horse and buggy um so okay so google gets in the telephone game they offered this phone service it becomes redundant after a while because services like skype start up um and you know facebook allowed voice to voice conversation for a while i mean like everybody was allowing voice to voice conversation Google's come along with Hangout, and now one of the ways they're marketing Hangout is by offering free voice calls to phone numbers in Canada or the United States. Now, I think this is, uh, by the way, I think if you live in, like, say, Uruguay, you can't get a free phone call to Canada or the United States. You've got to live inside Canada and the United States to get the free phone call. Yeah. Um, although it would be nice if we could get calls from Uruguay, because it doesn't happen very often. <laughs> Do you have a Do you have a landline, Dave? Uh, I do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, you're in a minority now. It's it's what uh, it's what collects phone messages that get checked once every week or something. <laughs> but and uh, that's, got... that's about what it gets used for. Is you know what? It's like having a hotmail email address for me. It's like it's that thing I give out when like you need to give out a phone number for something, but you don't want it to inconvenience you when you're doing other things. Well, and you got two teenage boys, too, and the, the message machine gets checked once a week. Yeah. They have the right. 
I was about to say, I take it that their that their girlfriends uh, that their that their friends don't use uh, use your landline. No, no, it's all phones or Skype. Okay, well, I'm still really confused why Google Hangout needs to offer free voice calls to numbers in the United States and Canada. Like, um, don't they already sort of accomplish that by offering their Googly service? You know what I'm what I'm thinking. The the only thing I can guess that this is in a move to do, and if it is, I, I think you know probably a, a good way to do it. Um, a trap that I find myself in, and I'm sure you do too, is that we all kind of assume that people like us are are common, right? That, that we are the the majority. Um, and the okay. fact is, like being at this the age that you and I are at in the industry we're at, we're at the generally upper end. Most of the people we're interacting with are same age or younger, like same grouping of, of age or, or younger than us. Yeah. Um, so we're already dealing with people who are amply familiar with Skype, amply familiar with Google Hangouts, amply familiar. However, there's this massive population <laughs> of people that aren't, um, that haven't even looked, aren't really overly familiar with it, don't know why they'd use it because their phone works just fine. If you could now introduce it to me as, hey, I'm on, on you know, Hangout and I'm making these phone calls, um, you know, to, to regular numbers um, through this system, you're now getting basically really, really low-cost marketing ability of the Hangout convenience and technology to a targeted group of people clearly don't have it. Otherwise, you'd just be doing a Hangout. So it's, it's actually in, in my... In my, if I'm right in, in why I'm guessing they're doing it, it's actually not a not a bad way to get some targeted marketing of your product to people who obviously aren't already using it. No, actually, you know, agreed, absolutely agreed. So my dad and my uh, my mom, my dad, and my sister, and I are sitting around. Uh, we went out, we'll go, we went out for supper a few weeks ago. Okay, sitting yep. around the table, and my dad, a uh, retired salesperson, is like, "No, you got to do it by phone. You got to make that phone call. You got to get them on the phone, and that's the way you do it." And my sister and I are trying to explain to him, well, Dad, actually, cornering somebody on the phone is kind of insulting. Nobody wants... I, I, I don't want to be cornered on the telephone. It drives me crazy when people calls me. Yeah, no, it annoys me. Um, <laughs> you, send, uh, you send a text. You send an email. That way the person can respond at their leisure, and it shows that you respect their time. Yeah. You get that, right? You, you I get that. completely get that. Uh, okay. Um... <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean that's that's the clear, and you know what? Some of the best and the ones that I'll I'll generally end up talking to on the phone um, are emails that start with you know something along the lines of I know you're busy, you know here's the time frame that you know I I need to set aside. Here's the information you need to decide whether you even want to pick up the phone, um, you know, and and you know sort of outlining everything for me, and then letting me pick if I want to talk, and then letting me pick a time that I want to talk. Um, you know, maybe send a calendar with here's my available blocks. You know, and it's like, yeah, let me deal with this at my leisure uh, because you're trying to sell me something. And so, you know, and, and those those are the ones that I respond best to. Um, and I, I'm sure from the sounds of it, Jim, I, I, it sounds like we're on the same page. And I'm sure we're not alone in that where if you just call me out of the blue, I might even half listen to you while I'm working on the thing that I'm working on. Well, that's the other thing, too. If I call you out of the blue, I'm telling you, stop working, stop your trail of thought, and listen to me. Now, 
And that's not, you know, I mean, like, well, I'm, I came to th- come to think of it, I like the sound of that, but it's not very polite. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, and the thing is, I'm I'm not likely to anyway. I mean, quite honestly, I wouldn't even take the call. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but if I did, if I if I was the person who picked up the phone, I mean, well, the thing is, and, and you too, if I'm in the middle of working on a website or something, no, I, I'm not taking That's calls. True. I don't care sure. who you are. I'm billing a client for my time. I don't care who you are. I've you know, I mean, I've shut down Facebook. I've shut down my email clients. I'm billing a client. This is what I'm doing right now. So, no, I'm not taking a call. Um, but, you know, if I if I had picked up the phone, you know, for, for whatever reason, I was the only one in the office or whatnot, um, and, and had picked it up, you know, still, no, I, I need – I got a job to do. And if you're going to babble on, well, no, don't babble on. But, you know, if you were, chances are I'm working on something else anyway, even if I decided to listen, which wouldn't happen anyway. But even if I would, if I wanted to pretend to be polite um, – you know, I, I'd be working on something else and not listening anyway, right? So let yeah, I think we're totally seeing eye to eye here. Is you need to in this modern age, you need to give people the ability to at least choose when that's going to happen. Yeah. So see, Google, there you go. There's like two or three minutes of you know, fairly good marketing advice from a couple <laughs> of you know fairly experienced marketers. All we ask is um, sponsorship on Webmaster Radio anywhere except the Shoe Money Show. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, that guy's going to get a big head really soon, you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, geez. 15,000 bad links of being reported by Webmaster Tools suddenly? I don't know how the heck that happened. Um,. That sounded a lot funnier in my head. Eh? <laughs> Where are we going next? Uh, we got about, well, I'm going to say about five minutes before we have to take another break here. Um, check Andrew Goodman's post in, uh, or Andrew Goodman's article in the SEM post this week. He did yeah. two of them, actually. Um, looking at the economic viability of live digital conferences. I haven't actually had, you know what, you, you sent it right before. I was distracted reading other posts while we were on break, so I haven't had a chance to read it. Okay, well, um, it's, a, it's a good piece. I think it's way worth the read. Way, way worth the read. Do you want, tell you what, do you want to discuss this one after we come back from break, give you a chance to read through it or do you, and go somewhere else? Or, um, yeah, sure. That'd be, uh, yeah, because I, I'm interested to read it, so that'll be perfect. And it looks like it's not a, yeah, it's not an extended one. I'll be able to read it in a couple minutes and, uh yeah, perfect. Okay. Well, we still got a couple minutes. What have you gotten a notice from Google saying uh, you might want to change your Gmail passwords? I have not, um, but it's probably good advice to heed. <laughs> I've heard different numbers. I've heard as low as one hundred thousand and as high as five million Google passwords were somehow hacked and are being passed around Russian websites like like a doobie. Um, well, like maybe five million doobies. Um, that's kind of, there's a website that you can go and check to see if your email is on this list, but, um, I mean, that's pretty heavy, uh, <laughs> hundred, um, 4.93 million Google usernames and passwords have been dumped onto a Russian language Bitcoin security forum. That's how it worked. Less than 2% of them are actually working. That's where the 100,000 number comes from. 
but it was uh, it was actually 4.93 million Google name usernames and passwords. Again, of which only a hundred thousand or so are uh, are uh, uh, are actually working. Right, which is bad enough. Um, and good good for them. You know what's funny when I when I found out there was a site, and of course I went there and I I you know wanted to scope it out and, and see what it was. Um, I had heard about it before. I had seen it from a really reliable source. Now, fortunately, I trust my own brain to figure out what data is okay to give out and what data isn't. But I was half expecting when I got there to be, is my email leaked? Just enter your username and password and we'll check for you. (laughs) (laughs) But it wasn't. They they are just checking with, uh, you know, your your email address itself. So you just enter it in and, uh, yeah, it's just isleaked.com for anybody who wants to, like, rush over there. Um, and check, and yeah, you just enter your uh, your Gmail account, and they'll tell you if it's one of the ones in the list. God, what uh, a cynical age we live in, because eh? that was my first thought, too. I went <laughs> over, and I was thinking, you know, what if they're asking for a password? I'm recording the URL and getting out of here. Um, <laughs> what a cynical age we live in, huh? It, it kind of is. But, you know, at the same time, it's not like, hey, that's an unearned cynicism. Um, and B, we're talking about hacked usernames and passwords that were probably from something just like what I was expecting to see. right? I, I don't think it was a hack of Google systems here in this case. Otherwise, it would be far larger, and there wouldn't be this large segment that weren't right. right? I mean, not that many people are changing their, their usernames and passwords every day or two, right? And then it was a very, very brief window there. So, um, you know, it was probably from something like this, and now, you know, hey, lesson taught, folks, don't enter your username. Check the URL you're at when you're entering your username and password and, uh, and make sure it actually is a Google or Google property. Absolutely. Um, it's easy to get caught in a phishing expedition. Um, it's, uh, you see them on Facebook all of the time. Um, so you don't, you don't judge me crazy on Facebook. Eh? You see the the posts that are like name a city without the letter that doesn't have the letter A in it. Yeah. Um, click on that name your city. Uh, click on the thing itself, and you might get to a page where it actually asks you for to enter your email and takes you to other pages that may you know potentially ask you to give identifying information, and that stuff drives me crazy because a lot of people go for that. Oh, yeah. No, I know. And and you can do, I mean, take it from, and, and Jim, you are, you'll already know this, but folks, if you don't know, take it from somebody who did some affiliate marketing in the, in the past, and I'm not blaming affiliates here. This has nothing to do with them, but it's very, very easy to copy the look of a website. <laughs> it's, it's very, very easy. So just because it looks like Google or YouTube or Gmail does not mean it necessarily is. Take a moment, look at what it is. Um, you know, make sure you are actually where that third redirect told you you were going. There you, um, there you go. I'm sorry, I just got uh, as you uh, as as you know, I'm I'm heavily involved in the Toronto mayoral election, eh? Yeah. Um, Rob Ford is the current mayor of Toronto, and I'd say this with zero glee whatsoever. Um. Yesterday he was uh, because because I'm involved in the campaign. I get like instant news updates on a uh, RSS ticker that I got running across the bottom of my screen. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, uh, Mayor Ford was diagnosed with a uh, tumor in his lower left abdomen. 
mm-hmm. he was kept in the hospital overnight um, and transferred to Toronto's most significant cancer hospital uh, moments ago. That's what just stopped me short when uh, when, uh, when when we were speaking. So I apologize for that interruption. But uh, people out there who are interested in Ford, and that means pretty much everybody in the world, um, I do not wish cancer on my worst enemy. And Rob Ford is emblematic of my worst enemy. Um, so yeah, best wishes for a um, speedy recovery in all aspects of your life. Please get the hell out of politics. Um, but best uh, best wishes to the Ford family. Um, I do hope that he gets through this. Stunning. I'm sorry, I apologize. Again, this RSS thing came across the bottom of my screen and just completely threw my thoughts. No, that's that's totally fine. I, I totally know where you're coming from, where it's like, you know what, I, I don't like you, and I, I find you reprehensible, but, well, but you know, I'm, I'm nice. I, I, I'm still, yeah, I'm a human being, so I'm not going to take glee in, in, in your misfortune. Um, what, uh, what I suppose I will hope for <laughs> for him is a, a speedy recovery that's, you know, of course you're going to hope for that. Um, but at the same time, hey, this is like a, a nice um, moment and an excuse for you to, while saving face, exit. Um, and I think that was probably when he's, a, he's a, a, an overly proud man. Um, shouldn't be, but is. Um, and so, you know, maybe this is, is that moment that, that will allow him to exit from politics without it being related to, you know, cracker or, you know, stupidity of, of comments or whatnot, and actually just be able to exit out for health reasons, uh, a perfectly, um, you know, noble reason to, to exit anything, um, and, and, and get out and, and leave, leave the way for people who are fit to, to govern. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad I didn't have to say that. Um, okay. On that we got to take a break. It's quarter to the hour on the 11th of September, 2014. You're listening to here on webmasterradio.fm. Dave Davies at Beanstalk SEO and Jim Hedger, Digital Always Media. We're coming back to talk about the viability of the economics of large-scale live conferences after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics. So you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. ZoSocial is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let ZoSocial give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. 
You must see that Twitter link I just sent you there. Oh, God! <laughs> updated and saved countless hours of creating reports whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords what you need is authoritylabs.com commercials off now back to webcology only on webmasterradio.fm here are the host jim hedger and dave davies Everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is the 11th of September, 2014. This is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. Um, you know, sometimes I love radio. I, Dave, I love radio, but sometimes we just can't. Uh, we're, I'm looking at this hilarious image that was published in the uh, Guardian, the, uh, the 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 Guardian today. Guardian.co.uk about the de- um, diagram of a tiny London apartment where a man is swinging a cartoon cat, and apparently there's some outrage in uh, in England over this graphic that was used in the Guardian today, and we can't show it to you because we're on radio. I assure you, though, it is quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so about them conferences. Yes, enough about swinging cats. Um, although, you know what, on the exhibit floor of these conferences, plenty of room to swing many cats these days. And not um, swinging cats as it used to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have had a chance to go through it. Thanks, for uh, thanks, Brasco, for the break there, and thanks to our advertisers for filling the space so that our listeners didn't just have to listen to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we like it that way. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, well, where, where do you want to start here? I mean, I, I think there's the analysis of both types of conferences and then there's just the, uh, life and death of, um, of them. Yeah. Well, okay. First off, it's by Andrew Goodman. So put some time aside to read it. Andrew is a big thought thinker. Um, Andrew, Andrew couches his, uh, terms, in the uh, language of economics, um, he if he can uh, spend a dollar on a word rather than spending a quarter, he's going to spend a buck on the word. That's the kind of guy Andrew is. Um, he's a brilliant man. Um, when they talk about thought leaders in the industry, there's thought leaders and then there's Andrew, who's sort of in this room on his own because he's a very, very, very smart guy. Um so again, block some time aside. Uh, you you sped read through this, right? Yeah, I sure did. Fortunately, it got a little background. We've covered some of that background on the show, so it was easier to sort of go. Okay, I know this paragraph of information. So, <laughs> and then let's face it, we've lived the background. Yeah, um, friends, there was a time a decade ago, and and even sooner, back in a time when such things were possible, when conferences were making a heck of a lot of money. There was um, a small conference would be 3,000 people. Yeah. Today, 3,000 is a very large conference. That would be a small one by the standards that, that we grew up in. Um, back in the day, when, when <laughs> Yahoo and Google were kicking down the cash. Um, yeah. That's pretty much what did it, yeah. 
And well, it's one of the things I did. Another thing I did it was the um, the, the the recession of two thousand and eight. That was actually that was the turning point. Two thousand eight was the year of the last grand conferences about five years ago. And after that, the economy sort of went like south real quick, and um, so did the so did the spend on conferences. The large scale sponsors started backing off. Google started throwing less visible money into the conferences because it showed a it was fairly bad uh, optics to be spending a million dollars on a party when people were starving. Um, and uh, the conferences have had a difficult time making up that sponsorship spend, the, you know, the spend by advertisers. At the same time, um, businesses have been suffering over the last five years. Yeah. I mean, all of us have taken a hit in one way or another, and most of us are smaller practitioners or, or people who work with their own agencies. The larger businesses took, you know, a relatively proportional hit, and if we took a hit, you can imagine what it looked like on their books. So they stopped uh, being vendors at the conferences, and the, co- the conferences of the type of, say, SMX or uh, SEX slash ClickZ these you made it you were made or broken on the trade show floor that's where you made your money um you know the, 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 the attendance costs attendance fees were quite high sometimes $2500 or more but you really made your money from the vendors on the trade show floor and i remember I mean, you remember the time dave when like were, were you ever at an ses new york yeah back in the day yeah when it was they at were- the hilton midtown hilton Huge, and they were the trade show floor covered two buildings, one of which was three stories, the other of which was two stories. So we're talking five floors of trade show, and that was tens, profit. Oh, tens of millions of dollars of profit. Yeah, really, I'm not making this number up. They were giving away. I remember the last SES I went to that was held at the Hilton in New York. When it had all those booths, two different booths were giving away cars as prizes. That's so right. suffice to say, there was money happening in the industry back then. I mean, one, I mean, one of these things was like a, a lead gen company, too. Like, seriously, there was money being made back then and money being spent back then. Now, not so much. Um, there's been uh, a great maturing in the industry. Um, I think social media has uh, made communicating so much faster and simpler and let's face it spending 10,000 or more to go to and put up a booth and whatever at a conference that's off of people's marketing budgets now eh? well it is and then there's you know I mean of course the the other angle where you need an audience to market to um, and you know in in some ways and this is just uh, you know I, I after reading it first thought haven't looked into it uh, too much is we're a metrics driven industry that's that's our perk Right, we 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 can show clients mm-hmm. metrics to back what our value is for the most. I mean, you know, there's there's always parts you can't, but um, you know, you you can you can show real metrics. Uh, and when you've got things like online training, when you've got things like great forums, when you've got things like you know, pro con, whichever one you like, Moz or or whatnot, where you can get you know training. I'm seeing Bruce Clay popping up all over the place on Facebook with some sponsored ads right now, but mm-hmm. when when your boss is seeing those same ads for some training online for a year for 
you know, whatever X dollars, like a 500 or a thousand. I, I don't know the prices of these things because I haven't looked into them. But, um, you know, how do you now justify plane tickets, hotel costs, thousands of dollars for a ticket? You know, how do you, you know, meals and expenses and, and all that. And then, you know, plus the boss knows, you know, okay, you're probably going to be out till 2 a.m. drinking. And then you know, you're going to be, you know, okay, now back and, and maybe miss the first session. How do you justify all this stuff when there's this other way that there's metrics for? The same thing we keep pushing is the perk. <laughs> and then you got this. So I think attendance is, is going to suffer. Um, but... You know, but then, but then you see a show like MozCon, yeah, which you know might not have been the size of say those spectacular SESs or PubCons or AdTechs of the past, but was a damn good showing for a yeah. regional show put on by a gargantuan, but still one company, uh, maybe yeah. a gargantuan company in its space, in our space. Um, so, but, 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 so shows like that are possible. Not only possible, but highly successful. Oh, for sure. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm wondering if it's uh, what the difference between a more uh, a show with a number of different practitioners from you know various companies like SES or SMX was, and a MozCon where everyone's from the same group. You know, I mean, here to me anyway, and 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 this is just just my opinion. If I had to pick one to go to to gain information from, just. Pure, not knowing the company. So I'm not speaking mm-hmm. for uh, or against Moz, not speaking for or against, say, let's go SMX because the article sure. covers SES more. Uh, you know, which one would I go to to gain information? You would know pretty well going to MozCon. They do tools. That's, that's their thing. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to be pitched on this SEO. This isn't a lead up to hire these services. You're going to MozCon, so you probably already got the tool set. You know what you're going to get is just information and education so, for the most part and new ways to use their tool set. Is so, about so it. You would choose MozCon. I would probably choose MozCon at huh. this level yeah. when I'm at this stage of, of, of education. And I think you know probably most of our listeners are too. I think the future is going to be these smaller, more specific conferences that aren't about pitches, but they are about actually giving information. I think, to the article, the attendee-led conferences, where our job is actually to educate, not pitch. Right. You know what? I think you're exactly right. And uh, I'm afraid we can't go on about it <laughs> as right as you are. Um, quick, Ange, is, uh, is Dave right? Oh, Ange, am I right? We we've got a bit of a delay, but I'm sure I'm sure she would say we're number one, Jim. <laughs> well, all goats to Ange, all goats to Ange. Yeah, there's I'm about sure a uh, twenty to thirty second delay, so which is funny because I can be talking with you and doing a show, and then I'll hear like chuckles about thirty seconds after we've talked about something. So. Does that ever throw your rhythm? No, oh, I'm used to it now. That, there we that, go. Look, there's that, that music. Okay, <laughs> friends. That's the background music. That means we gotta go. We got through a whole other hour. You've been listening to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. This is Jim Hedger from Web from Digital Always Media. Uh, thanks to uh, Frank the Tank and Brasco for producing and keeping the show together. Friends, stay tuned to WebmasterRadio.fm. Amazing content coming up after the news. We'll talk to you next week.
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.